the west bank of the river and on the western side of, of uh, this country there. You just Google it and it'll, the map will tell you where it's at. But they sent about 2,000 rockets into Israel yesterday morning, which was their morning for them. And uh, at least the last count I saw was this morning, there were 200 dead and over, well over 1,000 wounded. Um, and they were picky about where they, where they launched them. Now, their Iron Dome is what's their anti-rocket uh, that they have. Uh, I can't think of the word I want, but anyway... Uh, shot down a lot of them. A lot of them made it through. And Israel said, we are at war and we will definitely respond. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if they don't basically destroy uh, everything there in that area. Uh, they don't have much of a choice. Uh, and as far as how this goes on prophecy, I don't know that it has any relevance or if it has a lot. I, I can't really answer that. But uh, as time draws near, we will see some things like this taking shape. But you pray for them. Uh, the Bible tells us to pray for Israel. I don't know if you realize that or not. Uh, it, we're commanded to. And um, we're told to do that. Uh, so, but turn with me in your Bibles. Does anybody got an idea where? Who's been listening the last two weeks? Close, but not quite. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. This one verse is one of my more favorite verses in the Bible, but we're going to look this a ways past here. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And let me tell you why you're turning there. Just a couple things real quickly. I like to try to give these pieces of information every now and then. Um, Romans was written by Paul from Corinth on his third missionary journey. We talked about that in our study through Acts. And uh, there was a lot of house churches at that time because earlier uh, Claudius had run all of the Jews uh, out of Rome. Uh, he told them to tuck tail and go. Yeah. So that's what they did. Well, slowly some of them started going back as time went on and the Gentiles had also kept the church going uh, there in Rome. And so he's writing this letter and the book of Romans is probably our most complete doctrinal statement of salvation in the word of God in one group together if you will um, you want to learn in detail what salvation is you study and learn the book of Romans and you will get an idea of it Romans chapter 8 verse 18 is everybody there he says for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us what a verse we're going to talk about that just in a minute. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. The whole creation groaneth and together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves. Sounds like it. Do what? What's showing three batteries? So I don't know. Let's do this. I don't like. I know that's a distraction. We got enough distractions. There. All right. Uh, can everybody hear me okay? Is, is, okay. 
because it don't that ain't nowhere near as loud as that was, but it's okay. Um, all right, verse 20. I don't know exactly where I let off. That's where I'm going to pick back up. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who has subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which are the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, thank God, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you again for this time together and for this day that you've blessed us with, Lord, for the opportunity that we have God, to come together as a church family, thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. And God, you've been so good to us. You've blessed us in so many ways. And Lord, we pray for Israel at this time, God, at this hour of need, Lord, while they're in war and under attack. Many has been taken hostage. Many has been uh, killed and wounded. And God, I pray for them. Pray that you give wisdom where it's needed, God, and pray, Lord, you touch each soldier that has any part in this and be with that country, God, and we also ask, Lord, at this time right now that you be with us. God, I'm amazed that you can be with someone on the other side of the world in a time of crisis and need, and you can be right here with us in this little church. God, that amazes me that you give equal attention to both. And not only that, but you give equal attention to each individual. So, Father, I pray that you touch the hearts of each one that are here. Give them what they need. Touch me this morning, Holy Spirit. I need you. I need you to preach through me. and Please touch me. Forgive me of anything that may hinder this message, or Lord, just uh, uh, grieve you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you forgive me, and we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus, your name we pray, and amen. Um, now, as we've said, we've looked uh, the last two weeks, this will be the third week in a row, we've looked at the book of Romans, chapter 8, and this is one of the, I feel, one of the richest chapters in the Word of God. It says so much, it tells us so many things, and as you know, uh, Romans uh, spends the first uh, few chapters telling us how fallen we are, how corrupt we are, our fallen state, how that uh, our sinful nature has separated us from God, and and then he starts turning the, the kind of the corner here a little bit and starts telling us how wonderful salvation is. <laughs> Thank God for salvation and how beautiful uh, we are in his eyes once we are saved. Uh, the Bible, uh, it looks in chapter 7, it tells us and describes how hopeless our fallen state is and how that the law uh, was perfect, but it couldn't save us. And if you remember, Paul said, every time I would do good, evil's present with me. In other words, I try to do right, I try to do good. And also he said, no matter how hard I try, it's like I can't do what I want to do. Uh, it's like I keep messing up. Does that sound familiar? And... Um, but he said, because of Holy Spirit living in me, I can do what's right and please God. Uh, he goes from a, a hopeless fallen state to a hope-filled redemption. <laughs> Thank God for that. And I hope after this message, hopefully we'll have a little bit greater appreciation what our salvation means. And we're saved beyond the mere thought of salvation. Right. I hope you understand what I mean by that. 
Uh, we're, it's so much more than just to say I'm saved and I'm not going to hell. Uh, thank God for that. But if you would rank the reasons why God saved us so we wouldn't go to hell, that's near the bottom, church. It's at the top is to give him glory. And he wants to do that through our fallen state, our, our brokenness, that he saves us and redeems us and makes us complete and whole in him. And then he then molds us and shapes us and draws us to him and we become more Christ-like as we grow in Jesus. Now, um, this earth, as God created it, he said it is good. As you know, Satan was cast out of heaven because he tried to defeat God and overthrow God. And, and he, I believe he destroyed parts of the earth that he could. And then he said, well, I, I, I'm, now I'm going to go to man because he knew that God loves man more than anything else. Man was created in the image of God. In other words, we're the only creation or creature on earth that is more like God than anything else. We have a lot of his characteristics and things such as that. A lot of them, he's, we've got that. He doesn't, I have, believe me. But anyway, when he made us, we did. Uh, when he first formed Adam and Eve. And so Satan said, I'm going to destroy everything God loves and made because I can't destroy God, so I'm going to do my best to hurt him as much as I can. So we got man to sin. Now, as you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, and technically this hurts somewhat if you're a man, it was Adam that chose to sin. The Bible teaches us that Eve was deceived. Adam did it by choice. He knew full well what he was doing. And so the sin nature comes through man, not through woman. So because of that, we have a fallen nature. Now, in saying that, when they sinned, as you know, if you're familiar with the story, God said, not only am I going to curse you, I'm going to curse the ground. And I've thought about this a while ago. I never thought of it before. I wonder what the earth looked like before they sinned. You think it's beautiful now. I wonder what it would look like before they sinned. Thank God we're going to see it one day. And in saying this, the ground was cursed. Now let me give you a quick little Craig nugget here, then we'll get into the message. And I'll try to be done at a decent time here. Um, this kind of goes along with Wednesday night and it kind of goes along with this message. Now, if you haven't noticed yet or you don't read or catch up on it very much, all throughout the world there's what's called invasive species that has attacked other countries. Let me explain to you what I mean. In our water systems here, we have what's called the Asian carp. It, it, they hitched a ride in the ships, in the big boats, and they came over here and they hit their bilge pump. They... they, they put the water out of the boat that is collected through the times and the miles coming from China or wherever to here. And then with that, they dumped those fish out in our waterways and our water systems. And now Asian carp has taken over a lot of our water systems. Uh, there's a major multi-million dollar fight to keep Asian carp out of Lake Michigan. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, they even put out a contest, if you will, if you want to call it that, uh, that any outdoorsman, any uh, any uh, country boy or city boy or anybody that can read or write or they can't read or write, if you can come up with a way to keep Asian carp out of Lake Michigan, they were willing to pay you a large sum of money. It matters that much. Because the innovation species destroys 
things. We have murder hornets. Now, let me flip, flip you around. Do you realize some of our species has made it to China and is doing to their ecosystem what theirs is doing to ours? Did you know that? You take a largemouth bass or a certain frog and dump it in their waterways, it would destroy their waterways the same and their ecosystem the same as theirs are destroying ours. This is worldwide right now. Different invasive species throughout the world has invaded other lands. So the, the point I'm making is, uh, let me say one more thing. Do you know when you fly in a plane, for those of you that's flown, you feel turbulence. That plane shakes like that. It'll vibrate and it'll, you'll feel it drop down or go up and it'll move and all kinds of crazy things like that. You think we're going to the land. Well, not yet, but it feels like it sometimes. That is because the Earth's atmosphere is trying to balance out. Did you know that's what causes turbulence? So this whole earth is trying to be content and comfortable from the fight and the fall of man. Because man sinned, we have destroyed the earth also. Does that make sense? And so the earth is also under attack from sin and Satan. You say, what's that got to do with this message? Well, just, I'm glad you asked and you're thinking that because I'm getting ready to tell you. Now, when God saves us, again, he saves us for so much more than what you and I see and what we realize. Now, Satan wants praise and worship like God, and he'll start at, stop at nothing to get it. He'll do whatever it takes to get man to bow down to him. And you can see results of that. Now, because of our salvation, we have a hope beyond what you can see in this world and Holy Spirit gives us a glimpse of that in our hearts after you're saved and through the word of God. You get a little bit of an idea of that. So this morning's message is we have hope. Our hope. We have a hope. Now let me try to preach to you just for a few minutes. I always wonder why Pastor Jackie said that, but I like saying it. He says in verse 18, for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that should be revealed in us. So number one, we have future hope of glory. Do you know that when it says this, for I reckon it to sufferings of this present time, I wonder sometimes how many Christians are really suffering for Jesus. We're all suffering, there's no doubt about it, but are you suffering for Jesus? Do you realize we have a hope of glory? We have a future. We as Christian people, you have so much more than what God uh, has got for you than what you see. God has so much more than what we understand because we live so far below our spiritual inheritance. We don't crucify our flesh. We don't live with Jesus like we should. We don't seek him like we should. There's so much more God's got for us. Do you understand when he says here that the glory that should be revealed in us, that's in you right now in form of Holy Spirit. And one day, thank God, that's going to be revealed. And do you understand what that's going to be like when we're finally perfect? Perfect. Thank God. I'm waiting for that day. When he says they're not worthy to be compared, it's not a matter of, of comparing them. It's not even worthy to compare to the glory that should be revealed in us. We all suffer somehow. And I think when he's saying suffer here, uh, I do believe he means suffering, period. Just suffering. And we certainly do sometimes, amen, but I'm thankful that we have a hope. 
So we have a future hope of glory that will be revealed in us. And thank God for every saved person, you're going to shine like you've never shined before. Verse 19. Now I'm going to explain this to you and you understand why I gave all that in that introduction. I'm going to go and give you the next point. He said, we, we, number one, we have a future hope of glory. Number two, the world has a future hope of glory. He says, for the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. What that's saying is, is the world, the creation of the world, the animals, everything in this world is waiting for God to reveal that glory in us and to show that because that means the world is finally out from under the curse of sin. He says, verse 20, for the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who have subjected the same in hope. In other words, he's saying the world didn't all volunteer to do this. The world didn't want to uh, come under this curse, but man caused the world to do that. And because of man, that's why we have multiple four rows. If you've never had to fight with multiple four rows bushes, God bless you. I hope you get to sometime soon. And you'll understand why I said that. Do you understand? I, I like this one. One time, mosquitoes wasn't the most deadly thing on earth like they are now. <laughs> I'll wait for the day they aren't anymore. Uh, but, the, but because of this, we have those problems. In verse 21, because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Again, here we see we have a future hope of glory. We're going to see that come to pass, and the world does. So we do, the world does. You realize that the day will come, the Bible tells us, when the lamb and the lion will lay down together, it'll no longer be uh, the fittest, survival of the fittest. It'll no longer be uh, a means of just survival. Thank God, it'll be glory. It'll be honor. It'll be love. It'll be manifestation of the glory of God that's inside of you. It'll be comfort. It'll be joy. Thank God I never have to worry about anything that happens in this world again I'll never need another ER you realize that's your future and God wants to share that with you now he wants to give you glimpse of the, glimpses of that now but the only way to really get a true glimpse of the glory of God is if you spend time with him and seek him and let him show you what's in his word hey we live so far below what God has for us it's time we the church sometimes wake up Say, I want what God has for me. Yes, it might be sacrifice. Yes, it might be suffering. But thank God it'll be worth it all. You've got to see that. He says in verse 21, I don't know if I read that or not, but if I did, I'm going to read it again. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption. You know, corruption is a bondage. And to the glorious liberty of the children of God. Where God is, there's liberty, folks. There's not liberty in having your way. There's not liberty in your will. There's liberty in the will of God. You say, well, I'm enjoying my life right now. Friends, you better enjoy it because it's going to come crashing down. I enjoyed life so much more after I got saved when I truly served God than I ever did out of the world or anything this world has to offer me. Life is so much better once I got to know Jesus. And the better I get to know him, the better it is. Do you suffer at times? Do you battle? Yes, but thank God I've got hope. I got peace. <laughs> There's not a softer pillow than the peace of God. Verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groaneth 
and travailed in pain together until now. That goes back to what I was telling you just a little bit ago. That the whole world is groaning. Everything about it is groaning in pain. We see this, all the fires, all the ravaging storms, all the, all the floods, the wind, the, everything taking place. That's the world groaning for relief. And we see this happening before us. Thank God the day will come when none of that will exist. Everything will be perfect. Everything will be great. And the hope that is within you shall be revealed. Thank God I've got a hope. Verse 23, not only they, but ourselves also, which had the first fruit of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body. He's talking about the first fruit of the Spirit. He said, the things that is within you, there's some debate on exactly what he's referring to here, but to the best of my ability, what I can interpret the Bible, I believe he's talking about the glory that God has given us glimpses of, the, the fruit of the Spirit, the things that God has done inside of you and inside of me and everyone that is born again and saved. He's given us something. You are the first fruit of Holy Spirit because Jesus was the first fruit of God when he was raised from the dead and that righteousness was imputed to you and I and that glory placed inside of us that God is going to reveal one day. Thank God I've got something beyond this world. The problem is this. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves waiting for the adoption to it, the redemption of our body. And let's talk a little bit more about corruption here just for a minute. The world is corrupt and so is your body. If you don't think it is, I challenge you to do something. If you do take this challenge, she won't get near you when you come back next Sunday. Don't brush your teeth for the next week and don't take a bath for the next week. Now come back to church that way and tell me that we're not corrupted. And don't wear deodorant. You think you ain't corrupt? Try my challenge. Anybody willing to sign up? You see, what we're groaning for, what I groan for and long for is to get out of this sinful body. Once you're born again and saved and you start growing in Jesus, you want all of Jesus you can get, you should. And you want uh, all of God you can get, you should, because he's in you and he's given his life for you. And we know what's waiting for us. We realize in heaven that there'll be no heartache, there'll be no pain. I'm out of this sinful body. I'll never have to ask for forgiveness ever again. And I want that. I'm anxious for that. I'm ready for that. And the world... The animals, all of creation is watching and waiting for this moment that we're delivered from this corruption. He said in verse 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doeth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that which we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? So number one, We have a future hope of glory. The world has a future hope of glory. Number three, it's worth the wait for the future hope of glory. I've never seen heaven. I've seen images in my mind. I've read the Bible and tried to imagine what heaven might be like. And I I can't wait to, to see how close I am. But you know how close I really am? Not very. 
Because our, whatever image you got of God in your mind, you need to get it out because he's bigger, better, greater, more glorious than what you can imagine. He goes beyond. You'll never rise above the level of your God in your mind. And if you got God sitting there on a throne in your mind, you'll never go above that and you'll never go very far because our corrupted minds cannot imagine how wonderful and great and glorious God is, what he is truly like. And he's given us a hope that one day we will experience that. That's the reason I'm not saying it because it is a future hope. It gives me something to hold on to, to love towards, to fight towards, to look forward to and to know that one day day, one day soon I'll experience that hope face to face with Jesus Christ I'm ready to get out of this flesh I'll be honest with you I don't like waking up all the time going through my day and saying multiple times God I'm sorry I've failed you once again I've sinned once again I don't like having to constantly sometimes moan and groan instead of giving God praise and murmur and God ain't pleased with that I'm trying to do better. I preach about it. I hope some of you are too. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? It's worth the wait, church. Do you understand? I had a, a preacher one time, one of the only things he ever said I disagreed with, extremely knowledgeable man of the Bible. He said, there's nothing in the word of God that shows that God is patient. He was preaching. I just preached about God showing patience. I made it one statement. Then he gets up and says that. I'd like to take him to this verse right here um, and a few more that shows that long-suffering means patience, by the way. Um, God is demanding. I'll promise you. He has a right to be. And he demands that you and I follow him and follow what this word says. He demands we give him hope. He demands you read and study your Bible. He demands that we pray. He demands that we live as holy and close to him as we can live. These are commands and demands. And let me tell you, he's got every right to demand that from us. He bought you with the price that can't have a price put on it. Thank God he bought us with the blood of Jesus. Let me say a couple more things and I'm done. Sometimes, folks, it gets hard on this earth for what we have to go through. Sometimes it gets aggravating. It gets worrisome. How am I going to make it? What am I going to do? I... I mean, we all see that. We all experience that. By the way, if anybody's got an electric hot water tank at works, I need one. Nobody's got one, okay. Um, but uh, there's always, always, it seems like, you know, let me say this, every day is not a battle, but I battle every day. Let me explain to you what I mean. When I wake up in the morning, this flesh wakes up with me. As Paul said, when I do good, evil's present with me. It's hard for me to stand in this one spot. So, what the Bible is telling us is that this flesh goes with me everywhere I go. I think there's times that God allows us to do things for him without even knowing we're doing it for him so we can't take pride in it and swell up inside of us and say, look what I did. 
I think we do things for him sometimes and we're not even aware we're doing it. That's the only way he can get glory sometimes because our pride is, is so quick to come up and say, man, look, look at me. He gives us a hope beyond this world. The next time your life breaks apart, your world falls down around you, when there's no hope, it seems like, when there's no answers, it seems like, when it seems like everything is against you and you're the only one suffering. Does it feel that way sometimes? Am I the only one? You remind yourself and the devil you have a hope beyond this world. The day is coming soon that the corruption, the bondage, all of that's gone. I'll never again have to say, Lord, forgive me. I'll never again have to look at someone and say, forgive me. I did wrong. I'll never again have to feel the pains of this flesh, of this body. Thank God I've got a hope. And if you're saved this morning, so do you. We have a future glory. The world has a future glory. And it's worth the wait for that future glory. It's worth it. I don't know when, you're going, when we're going to leave this earth in rapture. And I don't know when you might leave this earth in death. But I'll promise you this. It'll be worth it. Amen. It'll be worth it all. Yes. There's nothing this earth has got to offer you that can come close to what God offers us. Here's the catch, and I'm done. The problem is you and I can't see it yet. If you saw it, it wouldn't be hope. Because I have something that I know is in my future. I can't reach it, but I can almost reach out and see it. I can almost reach out and grab it. That gives me hope. That I know one day soon, this will be over. And I'm excited at the fact that I know that that hope lives within me. It's inside of me. And I know that I'll see Jesus and I'll be like him. I don't know exactly what that means. I won't have the glory he's got. I won't have the position he's got. But just to know that I'm going to be like him, I'll take it. I'll take it. To know that I can stand before him in his presence and stand there and glorify him and praise him like he deserves, I'll take it. I'll take it. Father, we thank you again for this time together. And God, I pray that, Lord, I even a little bit explain this like it needs to be. I ask you this morning, Lord, that you please take over, that you have your way in this altar call in the hearts of each one that are here. And Lord, you touch people as you see fit. Lord, we so need you. We need you now. I'm thankful that I know one day I'll be with you. And that gives me hope sometimes, Lord, to say right now it's tough sometimes, it's hard sometimes, but I've got a hope and I've got a future. I don't have to worry about what tomorrow brings because I've got you, God, and you've got me. No matter how cliche that may sound, Lord, I know it rings true. And Father, I pray that you give each one this morning what they need. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus, your sweet and holy and precious name, we pray. And amen. As we